Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You know when we're told that a name can be blotted out of the book of life? I want you to think this through with me. That means that it has to have already been written in the book of life first in order to be blotted out of the book of life. You you see where I'm going with this? Every man, every woman, every child ever born from the beginning of time is written in the Lamb's book of life. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. Each one of us had our name written in the book of life. It's only through our choices while we are here on earth that our name may be blotted out. Pastor J.D. reminds us that we're responsible for our eternity. Only through accepting Jesus into our hearts as our Lord and Savior can we be granted access into the kingdom of heaven. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. If you ever wondered what it was like before sin entered the world, we're going to get to know for a thousand years what it's going to be like. Now, where is Satan? Oh, this is the cool part. Uh, and, and it's really interesting because in Revelation, we're told that an angel, no name, it's not Gabriel, it's not Michael, it's like a no-name intern of an angel takes the devil and throws him into the bottomless pit where he will remain for 1,000 years. I only mention it like that because it can give us a much-needed perspective when it comes to the devil. And by that I mean we do err greatly when we err on either side of, when it comes to the devil, of giving him too much credit. And then we also err on the other side by not giving him enough credit. He is a created being. He is a created being. Uh, I think it was Warren Wiersbe who uh, once said that the devil is God's devil. God created the devil. The devil is not God's opposite. And the devil can only do what God allowed. We just saw that in the book of Job, didn't we? <laughs> Job couldn't do anything. I mean, Satan couldn't do anything to Job unless God allowed him to. So here's this no-named angel, takes the devil, throws him into the bottomless pit where he will remain for 1,000 years. And at the end of the 1,000 years, he is loosed. And then there's this, you can call it a battle. It's not really much of a battle. Uh, it's the final defeat at the end of the millennium. And here's what's really and this boggles many people's minds because during the 1,000 years, uh, those who made it out of the tribulation, neither accepting Jesus Christ nor the mark of the Antichrist, will enter into the millennium and they will have bodies like that of Adam and Eve. And they will have children and their children will have children. And they will live under this enforced righteousness, as it were, and we will rule and reign with him, with Christ, during the millennium. 
Now, uh, this is where at the end of the millennium, 1,000 years, think about that. I mean, just, you know, try to get some perspective. Uh, we, we call it, you know, our lifespan is basically, as we call it, uh, three score and 10, 70 years, right? So <laughs> 1,000 years. And these people are going to multiply. There's going to be, I mean, this is where Tom comes in handy. You can do the math. I don't know what the population of the earth is going to be during the millennium, uh, 1,000 years. And uh, the mortality rate is such that, um, you know, I think there's a reference in Revelation that, you know, uh, someone will die at a young age at 300 or whatever it is. So, but at the end of the 1,000 years, those people, during the millennium, will have to choose between Jesus Christ and the devil who has been just now loosed from the bottomless pit. And this is what is so hard to even fathom or comprehend. There will be those that after living for 1,000 years in this enforced righteousness, this kingdom age, with Jesus Christ ruling and reigning, they will choose the devil. I, that's too high for my understanding. If it weren't in the word of God, I wouldn't believe it. But it's in the word of God. And then, after that is done, whew, a thousand years later, <laughs> then the devil is cast into the lake of fire. And then that begins eternity future. That's the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem is massive. In fact, one Bible commentator suggests that because we have the dimensions of the new Jerusalem, which again, this is kind of hard for us to fathom in the finite, but um, it is believed that the new Jerusalem will have been and will be uh, large enough for every human being, every man, woman, and child ever born in the history of mankind from the beginning of Adam to the end. Now that is compatible with what we know to be true about, I know I'm kind of going a little bit further, but just indulge me. That is compatible with what we know to be true about the will of God. It is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, you know when we're told that a name can be blotted out of the book of life? I want you to think this through with me. That means that it has to have already been written in the book of life first in order to be blotted out of the book of life. You, you see where I'm going with this? Every man Every woman, every child ever born from the beginning of time is written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, if they choose life, if they choose Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, their name will not be blotted out of the book of life. It's those who reject Jesus Christ, reject the truth, the way, the life, their names are blotted out of the book of life. And so all those who are, whose names have not been blotted out of the book of life will then have eternal life 
in eternity future, in the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, I just want to say one thing lastly. (laughs) Um, I wonder what Hawaii is going to look like in the (laughs) millennium. Is that... Is that weird? But I mean, I just think about uh, things like that. And then I also think if we're going to be ruling and reigning uh, during the millennium, you know, seated on the throne with Christ, I just, I'm just going to ask, you know, can, can I just get the islands, you know, it's all going to be paradise, but just, I digress. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's get back to our Bible study already in progress here. So, uh, it's believed again that this is a reference to the uh, millennium. Now, in verse 5, notice, we have another reference uh, that's yet future, and it's that of the tribulation period where God's wrath will be poured out upon a Christ-rejecting world the nations rage. These are the ones who have risen up against you, O God. And these are those who during the seven-year tribulation... <laughs> ah. Okay, I'm going to go there. So, this is another issue, uh, if you'll just bear with me. So there's this uh, teaching called the pre-wrath rapture. And it's, um, I don't want to get into all the nuts and bolts of it, but basically it, here's the, the gist of it. The rapture is not before the seven year tribulation. It's before the wrath of God that's poured out, which is, uh, during sort of a midpoint of the seven year tribulation. Because the first three and a half years are going to be marked by a, uh, period of, uh, peace and prosperity. It'll be a pseudo-peace, a pseudo-prosperity. It's believed that that during the first three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, the uh, Jews will be allowed, as part of the peace deal, I believe, to rebuild their temple. That's going to be part of the deal that is made for seven years, this seven-year covenant. And then at the three-and-a-half-year mark, the Antichrist will demand to be worshipped as God. He will set himself up in the newly rebuilt temple and demand to be worshipped. And he will commit an abomination. Many believe it will be the sacrificing of an unclean animal. But whatever it is, it will cause desolation. And this is when the Jews will flee. This is what Jesus was referring to in Matthew 24 in the Olivet Discourse about pray that your flight is not during the Sabbath because all transportation shuts down on Shabbat on Saturdays in Israel. So pray that it's not, or in the winter, because that's when transportation is hindered. So they will flee realizing that This is not their Messiah. It's important to understand that the Jews will embrace the Antichrist, not as one who is against Christ, but in the place of Christ. They are actually going to embrace this man as their Christ. This is their Messiah that they have been waiting for. See, they rejected the truth, and so they're going to believe the lie, this powerful delusion that God will himself will send them. And, and it's interesting because it's not a truth or a lie. No, it's the truth. 
And because you've rejected the truth, you will accept the lie. You will believe the lie. This is the lie, the antithesis of Christ. If Christ is the truth, this antichrist is the lie. And it will be a pseudo piece, a false piece, because he's a false Christ. And when the Jews see this man demanding to be worshiped and committing this abomination, their eyes will be open. And it's believed that at this time, the whole house of Israel will be saved. And then God will protect them when they flee to, I believe, many believe, modern day Jordan, the ancient rock city of Petra. I've been there. It is unbelievable. It is inexplicable. You cannot, in, in the English language, as faulty as it is, even begin to try to describe this place. When we were in the study uh, in the book of Job, uh, some commentators believe that this is actually where Job lived, was in this ancient rock city. It is a fortress. You are so, and it is so massive. And so, and it's actually close in proximity to Israel, particularly Jerusalem. So the Jews flee to this place. And for the last three and a half years, when literally all H-E double toothpicks <laughs> breaks out and God pours out his wrath, the Jews will be protected for the last three and a half years. And then they will call for him to come back at the second coming. By the way, <laughs> this is another, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get to Psalm 4 by about midnight, but we'll get there. Um, so this is really interesting. Um, the Jews have to call for Jesus to come back. They will look upon the one whom they pierced, who they wounded. And they, they have to, and Satan knows this, which by the way, is why it is, starting with Cain and Abel, Satan has sought unsuccessfully to exterminate and eliminate the seed of the woman, Genesis 3.15, the Proto-Evangelicum, when God declares to the serpent in the garden that he, the Savior, the, the seed of the woman, the virgin birth, the Savior of the world, Jesus the Christ, will be born of a woman, a virgin. Why? How do you get that? I had somebody comment on our YouTube channel. How did JD get the virgin birth out of Genesis 3.15? I don't want to get too graphic, but uh, you'll forgive me, but women don't have a seed. They have an egg. Are we okay? So the seed of a woman is talking about the virgin birth. And the seed of the woman will crush your head and you will, uh, I'm totally botching it, uh, bruises heel. Thank you. Bless you, whoever said that. 10 points. I don't know what the points are for, but you got 10. So now Satan is not omniscient, right? He's not God's opposite. So he doesn't know from which seed this is going to come. This, this man, this savior this Messiah, this Redeemer is going to come. He thinks, well, it must be from Abel. So he possesses Cain to murder Abel, thinking he can exterminate this seed from which the Savior will come before. <laughs> it doesn't come from Abel, it comes from Seth. Oh, plan B, okay? So you can fast forward throughout the entirety of the Old Testament, 
and you go into uh, the book of Exodus, and uh, he possesses Pharaoh to have all of the Hebrew boys thrown into the Nile for certain death, save one. His name, Moses. Okay, plan C. <laughs> so he, he failed again at exterminating and eliminating the seed from the woman who's going to crush his head. So what does he do? Now he's going to, and we studied it in the book of Esther, he's going to possess this man by the name of Haman to try to get the king successfully, by the way, to issue an irrevocable edict to exterminate all of the Jews in the kingdom. Okay, well, what happens? <laughs> Esther comes in by way of Mordechai, and the plan is thwarted. So you can go throughout. There are many other instances. Let's go fast forward into the New Testament. Another man that is possessed by the name of Herod. He could not thwart the first coming of Jesus. So now he's going to try to thwart the second coming. Because think this through, and this might, this might sound elementary. If there's no Jews, there's no Jesus, right? By the way, I, uh, I know this might rain on somebody's parade. Not you, maybe online. Uh, Jesus was a Jew. Just saying. <laughs> Imagine that, right? So... If he could have somehow annihilated all the Jews, he could have thwarted the first coming of Jesus. Of course, he couldn't, and he wouldn't. So now Jesus has come. He's been born. So what is he going to do? He's going to uh, possess Herod to have, and this is, this is oh, it's awful, unthinkable. All of the Jewish boys under the age of two are butchered because a king is born, and... So what happens? Well, God has Joseph and Mary go to, of all places, Egypt, <laughs> where they're protected, and then until it's safe. Uh, we're, what plan are we on now? A, B, C, D, E, F. Let's call it plan G. So now what's he going to do in between? Well, there's others in between, but uh, let's go to the last century. He possesses another man by the name of Adolf Hitler who tries to exterminate all of the Jews unsuccessfully. And then, <laughs> what's going to happen now, yet future, is he will possess, I believe he will be the personification of Satan himself in the person of the Antichrist, who will try unsuccessfully for the last time to exterminate and eliminate all of the Jews, and it will happen during the seven-year tribulation. Because he knows that if there are no Jews, then no Jews are there at the end of the seven-year tribulation to call upon the one whom they have pierced. And then Jesus will come at the end of the seven-year tribulation because the purpose of the tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. And here, here's how I heard it said, and I like this. The difference between the rapture and the second coming, okay, well, first of all, uh, that's not, you know, some people say, well, if the rapture, if G Jesus comes, you know, in the rapture, 
then that's really the second coming, and then the second coming is really the third coming. No, <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, so Jesus at the rapture does not come to the earth. He comes in the air, takes us out of the earth. That's not a coming. He snatches us away, as was the custom in that day, where the bridegroom, and a, a day and an hour that the bride knew not, no man knew the day or the hour, <laughs> which made wedding invitations a real problem. You know, <laughs> you are invited, RSVP. Problem is, we don't know the day or the hour, so you just have to be ready. Well, that's how they did it. And so at the time, the father would have the best man sound the trumpet, the shofar, and then the bridegroom, who has been preparing a place, a room addition, in his father's house, a bridal chamber, when the time comes, then he he goes in as a thief in the night, thief in the night, is this sounding familiar? As a thief in the night, he abducts, he snatches away, he catches away his bride and takes her to his father's house where he has been preparing a place for her. That is a bridegroom to his bride. And get this, they go to this bridal chamber and they consummate and celebrate their marriage for you know how long? Thank you. <laughs> a period of seven, not three and a half, seven days. One said, while the world, am I yelling? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's exciting <laughs> because it's soon and very soon. <laughs> but uh, while the world is tribulating, we are celebrating. So here's the difference between the rapture and the second coming. At the rapture, Jesus comes for us. At the second coming, he comes with us, ten thousands by his side as his bride. One more. I can't help myself. Forgive me. Okay. This um, uh, bride from his side, we talked about this uh, before when we've celebrated the communion table. You know how uh, Jesus bled on the cross from seven places on his body, seven the number of completion, right? So you have the two feet, that's two, the two wrists, that's four, the back where he was whipped, that's five, the uh, crown of thorns is six, and then the last seventh place was his side when he was uh, stabbed, and out of his side came two elements, blood and water, the poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control, and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. We do treasure our connection with our listeners. We'd like you to be a part of our social media community. 
Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.